0: What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm Shelley Metling, and I've been sharing my infertility journey openly on YouTube for about a year now. With four losses ourselves and one rainbow baby on the way, I wanted a platform for you babes to share your stories. So girl, sit back, get ready to relate laugh and cry because we are about to get real on the ins and outs of pregnancy loss in the 21st century Hello everyone we have Colleen Poisson on the call today I'm so excited her and I we've actually been like trying to plan this for a little bit of time and we're both just like a little bit of hot messes I think (laughs) (laughs) yes I think that sums it up perfectly (laughs) but we are finally here and I'm so excited to hear Colleen's story along with you guys so with that being said Colleen I'm just gonna throw it at you and start wherever you would like
1: Awesome. Um, well, thank you. Cause I know it, like you said, it's, I feel like we tried doing this 8,000 times and that's just the story of my life.
0: So. <laughs> well, Instagram went down one day I and I was like, Instagram
1: what was that? not wanting us to do anything. That, yeah. day. that was frustrating. Um, so yeah, I guess I'll kind of start from the beginning just to give you a little bit of background on, you know, my husband and I and where we kind of came from. Um, so we got married pretty young. I was 23 and he was 25. We met in college and, um, we kind of just knew that we were going to end up together. It was one of those lucky things, I think. Um, so we got married pretty young. He was in the Navy. We lived in Connecticut. Um, I don't think pregnancy was on the mind right away. I think we were both young. We were still establishing ourselves and you know, the military lifestyle is hard. You don't know where you're going to be. You don't know where you're going to be sent at any given day or moment. Um, So I think we were kind of just living our lives, you know, establishing ourselves as people, but also, you know, our careers and just kind of living our lives and enjoying each other, Um, especially with him being gone a lot. We didn't get a lot of alone time. So I think it was important to us as a couple, but also in our marriage to really make sure we were spending quality time together and, you know, building the foundation for our future. and. Um so I would say, you know, we moved back to New Hampshire in 2015. We're both originally from here. Um we lived in we live right now in my hometown. So I was born and raised here. Uh leave it to my father to have found the house because we weren't even looking in this town, but of course he wanted um us to live close to them and we've, you know, I think we've done really well for ourselves um at the age that we are. We've lived here now for 4 years. Um So we bought the house in 2015. I got a really good job here. He got a really good job here. Um, And we, you know, again, we were still working hard and just building a life for ourselves. And, I don't think pregnancy really came into the, at least for me, um, I always knew I wanted to be a mom. Like, that's just something I've always known I wanted to. And um, Nick's always wanted to be a dad as well. But I think for us, we didn't really start really thinking about it seriously until my niece came into the world. Um, She's almost two and a half. So she was born December 2016. And I think seeing my sister and her boyfriend and, um, you know, raise our niece and just seeing them together as a family and how wonderful and perfect my niece is. Of course, I'm a little biased, but um, I think seeing her and establishing a love that you didn't know was, you know, existed, it really, I think, ignited a light um, in both of us. Um, I think I was ready for kids sooner than Nick. And I, I always told myself, I didn't want to be that wife that was like, we need to have kids right now. Whatever. So I was like, you know what? We're young. So you just tell me when you're ready and you know, we'll we'll take it from there. So um we went to the Dominican in September of twenty eighteen, which was just just this past year. And that was our first major vacation together, I think, since our mini honeymoon um in in Kiwas that our mother-in-law had gotten for us. Um, or my mother-in-law had gotten for us, and you know, when you're in a different country, just the two of you, you have like the most amazing conversations when life's kind of paused and, you know, you really talk about life and, you know, what's been going on and really spending time with each other. And it was there in the Dominican that we kind of decided we were serious and ready to start trying for kids. And I think up until that point, I was like, it's easy. You just have to, you know, like plan accordingly and, you know, start trying and it'll happen. Um, I think I was naive about a lot of that going into trying to get pregnant. So, um, you know, every month that passed, so October, November, December, um, you know, still nothing. And I wasn't, we weren't worried per se in terms of, you know, medically, you know, when I went to my preconception appointment, um, they said it can take up to a year without, you know, them being nervous about anything happening. So, it's not that I was worried and I don't think we were worried about not being able to get pregnant, but you know, it's hard when you're actively trying for it. Um I think it's hard because you want that and I felt like our whole lives we really worked hard for us, but we've also done so much for people around us just cuz that's the the people that's the people we are. Like we're I'm such a caregiver and caretaker. For me taking care of people like ignites my soul. It sounds silly, but like I just love taking care of people and making people happy. So I was really excited because I was like, we're finally doing this for us and starting a new chapter of our um, lives, whatever. So New Year's Eve, you know, the holiday season rolls around. We're still not pregnant again, not worried, but you know, we're upset. It's bumming every, every month to see the negative at this point too. I think between September and December, Oh God, the amount of pregnancy announcements that we received and um, you know, a few of, which are people very close to us. And, um, I will say one of them is my very best friend, Steph, and she's due in July and I couldn't be any more excited for her. So, um, you know, that's all exciting. Uh, but you know, I think once you start actively trying, you realize how many people are having kids and how many pregnant people are around you more than ever before. Um, so that's hard. So, you know, we were sitting one night around the holidays and, We were like, you know, I think 2019 is really our year. Like, it's our year to say no to some things. It's our year to be be selfish. It's our year to just do what we've always talked about doing and um, just really make sure we're focusing on ourselves and doing what makes us happy. So, you know, I went into 2019 with a really positive attitude. Um, And I don't know if you're into horoscopes and stuff like that, but I'm like a true believer in all that stuff. And my husband kills me because he's like, that stuff's all fake and it's stupid, whatever. But... (laughs) Um, it's, so I, you know, my, all of our horoscopes and his and mine, and, you know, everything was leading towards 2019 in January, specifically being really positive. And I forget something I was reading was like, something you've been waiting for your whole life is going to come in January. So, of course, when you're actively trying to have kids, um you're like, oh, this is this going to be it when you believe that sort of stuff, whatever. So yeah, I'm a
0: firm believer in like universal science and stuff like that. Yes.
1: So I'm like, you know, my manager and I are both so into stuff like that. So um, again, I go into 2019 with this really positive attitude and um, my grandfather has a stroke on January 10th, which shook our family big time. He's he'll be 82 in August. And he's one of the strongest men I've known. He was very active with golf and it was a true shock for our whole family. So that weekend, um, in January, we were in the hospital the entire weekend, not knowing if my grandfather was going to survive. So, you know, that was hard emotionally. And that was January was another month, um, that we didn't know if we were pregnant yet. So I'm like, you know, you go into the year with a positive attitude and then your world comes crashing down and That I'm focused on making sure my mom's okay, my grandmother's okay, my whole family's okay, because that's just the natural instinct in me, um, is to just make sure everyone around me is okay, um, putting myself second. And I'm okay with that. That's just kind of, like, the person I've always been. Um, So I will say my grandfather is here with us still, and, you know, it's been a long road and he's home, but – so that was kind of the first – that happened. And I was like, if this is any indication of how 2019 is going to go, then this is not a good sign. So, you know, I hadn't gotten my period yet at the end of January. I didn't want to get too excited. I was like, you know, my cycle was pretty regular, but I was like, anything can happen, whatever. So, um, the first week of February I took, um, Nick, Nick, my husband still gives me crap about this. I think I took like seven or eight tests. Um, total, and all of which were positive in one way or another. Um, so February fifth, I told him that we were pregnant and expecting, and we were we were so so excited. Um, it almost didn't feel real, and you felt like it's a it's a great dream. And like I said, everything that was going on with my grandfather, I was like, this is the light that my family needs right now. And I think over the last two years or so, I would say I think both of our families were really rooting for us to have a baby, but they didn't want to be super pushy and be like, when are you having kids? When are you having kids? But um, they knew it was in, you know, it was coming, and um, they were excited for it to happen for us. So I was really, really excited. I just started crying when I told Nick. I told, I started crying when I saw it myself. Um, we immediately agreed we weren't going to tell a lot of people, um, just because I think that's just my personal preference. Is like, obviously, there's that percentage that you just never know it can happen. So for us, we didn't want to necessarily put it out to the world, but we couldn't keep it from too many people for too long because we were so excited. So, um, I told my two best friends. I told, we told my parents, we told, um, we told my sister and her boyfriend and, um, we tried to tell my niece, but she's not even two and a half. So she didn't quite understand. Um, she thought we were talking about one of her baby dolls. So, (laughs) yeah, so that was, um, that we went to Florida uh, to tell my mother in law and his grandparents, and at this point, um, I well, I thought I was eight weeks, eight and a half weeks when we were going when we were going down to Florida, and I will say, I didn't get sick, but. I had really bad morning nausea throughout those, like the entire pregnancy, really, um, to the point where I had to like pack snacks with me to Florida because if I didn't eat something right when I woke up, you know, I felt like I was going to get sick. Um, fatigue. I was exhausted all the time, and that was kind of my first indication. That last week of January, like I was like, I'm really way more tired than I ever thought. Um, I I usually am, I guess. Like I was just down and out. I was waking up feeling like a semi truck hit me. You're like, your body's really heavy. And, um, so that was, those were really my first indication. So I had all th- those symptoms. So we were really excited. I, I should actually back up before we went to Florida. They had actually, the doctors had, um, I, so I'm actually going to back up a little bit now that I'm really thinking about it. So I, I called the doctors and I'm like, conf- confirmed pregnancy on seven tests or whatever. Um, so I, would like to make an appointment they're like, okay, we'll bring you in. Uh, the first one will just be the confirmation appointment. You'll get all your information and then we'll go from there. So I go to the doctor and they do confirm it and they give me the due date of October 18th, 2019. So I talked to my two best friends and I was like, oh my gosh, I have a due date. This is crazy. So um, they, they confirm
0: to... with like an ultrasound or just They like, did not confirm.
1: Draft? They did not confirm with an ultrasound. They had okay. me take another pregnancy test and the nurse's reaction was, well, that's positive. So I was like, okay. But yeah, I wondered the same thing because I think, you know, society, you know, movies and shows, like you think you ha- what is going to happen doesn't happen. Like I feel yeah. like it's just so different. Uh so I think I had a situation in my mind of what was going to happen and it wasn't that. So They just did the pregnancy test and gave me all of that information, which is very overwhelming. Um, And they had scheduled an ultrasound for six and a half weeks, which I thought was kind of early, but I was like, I'm not going to fight it. If it's an ultrasound, I'm not going to push back. Like, absolutely not. So I go in and we see, um, we do see the baby. And of course, it was very, very small, you know, um, at that point. We did not hear the heartbeat, um, but I don't think I was... I wasn't concerned because the nurse wasn't concerned. No one was concerned. That's they were pretty like, early. Yeah, because that's like an early ultrasound. Super early. Super early. And they were like, everything looks great. Everything looks healthy. There's nothing to worry about. So don't worry that we can't hear the heartbeat. And I, I really wasn't worried. I think there's a little part of you that wishes like, oh, I I wish we did hear it or see it or something. Um but I, I really wasn't worried. I was still having all the symptoms. So I
0: really I was like, I felt really good about it. So when you're pregnant. And this and is like your first time being yeah. pregnant. It's like when you know what it like that sounds so weird because it's like No, it's true though. And like like I, you don't just, think any like naive, you said no, in the beginning that's so like naive. the total word that we all use. Yeah. Yes.
1: And um, you know, like I said, my best friend was pregnant. We had found out Nick's cousin and his fiance were pregnant. Um, so I was really excited because I was like, okay you know, it's happening. It's finally happening. And um, so we go to Florida and they had scheduled a follow-up appointment for after Florida. We tell Nick's mom, my mother-in-law, who I'm very close with. And um, Nick grew up without a father. So him and his mom are super, super, super close. Uh, so we knew she was going to freak out when we told her. And she did. She freaked out. She announced to the entire brewery that she was going to be a grandmother Um, it was, it was amazing. And then we told his grandparents and same thing. They were so excited. And so we left Florida just really feeling really happy and like blessed. And again, had, you know, kept having those symptoms, whatever. When we got back from Florida is when the spotting started and there was no blood. It was all dark brown. Uh, which I know for some people that's like TMI and gross, but that's just, you know, we're being honest here. So um, I think between when we got home on that Tuesday and Thursday, I called the doctors probably six times just to make sure like, Hey, it's still happening. There's no blood, but it's still happening. And of course you can't help yourself. You're online looking up at all, like what all the different options are and spotting is really common in pregnancy. So I think I was holding on to that. And the doctors even said, you know, it sounds really normal. And, Um, don't worry. We'll keep your appointment for March 18th, whatever. And I will say like, you know, there's been a a couple people that have asked me, were you mad that the doctors didn't bring you in? And I said, no, not at all. Because textbook, it was okay. Like the spotting was normal. There wasn't any blood. I wasn't having any crazy cramping. I'm not mad at them. And I think my doctors are amazing. I will still continue to go back to them after, but, um, you know, when it happens again. So, We go, I go into the appointment March 18th, very ready. I'm anxious. I just want to know what's going on. Of course, it's an appointment Nick can't go to. Um, He had a really important meeting at work that he just couldn't miss. It was, you know, a client was coming in. He couldn't do it. He works 40 minutes from where we live, and the doctor's is just 10 minutes from here. So it just wasn't going to work. So I was nervous and, you know, kind of bummed because I was like, if we, you know, do see something and hear the heartbeat, like, I wish he could be here. But that's okay. There'll be other appointments, whatever. So they bring me in to do the ultrasound. And, um, once they start doing the ultrasound, I knew like instantly, um, you couldn't see anything. The tech was silent. She wouldn't look at me. There was no eye contact. Um, so I start getting upset and, um, you know, I, I didn't want to start asking her questions because I think legally, like they can't really tell you very much as a tech. Um, So I didn't want to put her in a tough, you know, position. I know they deal with this all the time. And so I was like, okay, I don't see anything like, you know, you can see the screen. So you're, you're very aware of what's happening. So, I knew right then what was going on. And then she said she's going to bring me in. Um, she's going to print the pictures and bring them to the doctor. And that's also another indication because I wasn't supposed to see a doctor that day. I was going to see my nurse uh, there. So they bring you into a room, which is not your standard room that you would go get checked out in. It You know, it had a chair. It was very comfortable, whatever. So I think those 10 minutes where I waited for the doctor by myself was like the longest 10 minutes of my life. Um, and if there's any way I can describe the feelings, you feel like your heart's literally ripped out of you and put in your stomach. Like I, I felt like I was in a nightmare. I was like, this can't be happening. This isn't happening. Okay. Wait till the doctor tells you, like, I'm having this conversation with myself and in my head, like, don't get all worked up yet. The doctor hasn't come in and told you. Doctor comes in, confirms what she said was that I was having a missed miscarriage. And this is something that I... Um, have been telling people too, because I didn't realize this was a thing again, naive about all things pregnancy before you until you actually get pregnant and then you just find yourself educating yourself on so many different levels. So she said I was having a mis miscarriage and how I explain it to people is I think a lot of people think of miscarriage what you see in the movies and stuff right like and and some miscarriages are like that where it's just one big horror scene. And then it's done. What a missed miscarriages is, is the spotting obviously was happening. So my body was recognizing that it was miscarrying, but it was taking a very long time to do so. So at this point I was given, um, two options because, you know, the baby was not there anymore. It was just really tissue. Um, so I was given two options, medication at home or DNC. And both have it's just a lot of information at once and you know again you're still processing what's going on um I asked the doctor if she was okay with telling me because she explained that she had a couple miscarriages and I was like do you mind me asking what you decided to do and she was like I was about to go in for a dnc the next day and then I passed naturally so I didn't have to but I think hearing her say she was going to go that route um I think is a little more comforting from my perspective I just you know I really trust my doctors I
0: really like them so and just um, meeting, you don't know anybody else. So it's like yeah. just finding somebody else's opinion on it, I think is super helpful. So that's really, that's really nice that like you had that.
1: Totally. And she didn't have to share her story with me. So yeah. I thought that was so awesome. Um, so also one thing I picked up on between the two options was the medication can take up to two months, sometimes even longer to really rid your
0: body of what's going on. And I just wanted this over with. I was I've like, I've heard is... so many horror stories with the medication. I never had to take it, but like, Oh,
1: it's, it's like, it's, I was like, why, you know, for me personally, in my mindset, I was like, why would someone want to prolong this any longer than it needs to be? Um, yeah. So I went home. I didn't give them a the decision that day and they didn't, I don't think they were going to let me. They're like, we want you to go home. We want you to talk to your husband and you can call us and then we will take care of everything else. So I walk out of the doctors crying and you just feel like everyone's staring at you in the waiting room. Um, again, my husband was with me. I was by myself and I had texted him when like during the appointment, I remember, I remember interrupting the doctor at one point. That's how like, I think in a daze I was, I, I remember interrupting her being like, I need to text my husband, like interrupting her. Cause I was just like, I was just in another world and I texted him what was going on. So I called him immediately when I left the doctors and he was already on his way home from work. And I called my mom because I texted my mom too. And I literally just sat in the parking lot and cried to her for like 10 minutes um, in the parking lot of the doctor's office. Um, I had come from work as well. So all of my stuff was still at work. So at this point I have to get myself together. I need to get myself to work, to get my stuff. And then I have to get home. There's no way I was going into work. I was a hot mess, hot mess. Um, I texted my friend, Emily, mind you, no one at work knew about the pregnancy yet. Um, I was going to tell my team within the next couple weeks after this appointment. um, And obviously, you know, what happened, I wasn't going to. So I texted her and I was like, I am having a miscarriage. I can't come back in. can you bring my stuff down? And, She just came downstairs and hugged me. And she's one of my good friends, too. And, of course, I had to text my manager what was going on. Again, I have a great relationship with my manager, so it was okay. I didn't feel any negative things about telling them um, because I knew they would be so great and everyone was so great. So my coworker brings myself down. I calm myself down enough to get home, and then I come home, and I just literally lose it. Like, I just lost it, and I think – it it's hard because I think any miscarriage at any point is devastating in itself in any form. But I think when you're actively trying to have a a baby with your husband that you're happily married to and you get that and it's taken from you, it's like the most heart wrenching experience anyone can ever imagine. Um, It's the biggest form of heartbreak I think I've ever experienced. And I mean, now we're not even two months after the, appointment and finding out and I it's it's still hard but so I get home um me and Nick just kind of cry and let me tell you my husband doesn't cry I joke say he doesn't have emotions of course he has emotions he's a human but um we're so counter opposite and I think that's why we work so well. Um I'm the emotional one where he kind of you know keeps to himself and just deals with things the way he needs to and he he was crying. And I think that's when it really hit me, like how traumatic this really was going to be. I thought, I I thought to myself, like, this is just the beginning. Like, this is really just the beginning. So we tell our parents, well, my mom knew I told her I could not speak to my dad on the phone. Like, I don't, um, I don't think I could hear my dad's voice. Um, I didn't have the heart to tell my grandmother that I had a miscarriage. I told her about the baby. We were, we were going to tell my grandfather when we got back from Florida. Um, because he is still developing, like he's, he's made so much progress, but, um, his speech wasn't great after the stroke and, um, he had trouble understanding some things. So we really just wanted to wait till after Florida and sit down with him and explain to him. So I, at that point was like, I can't call grandma and tell her I a miscarriage because I just gave her a light at an end of a really difficult tunnel for her right now. Like the love of her life, um, just had a major massive stroke and her life has changed forever. How am I supposed to call her and tell her that she's not getting another great grandchild for me anymore? So my mom, thank, thank God kind of handled that for me and Nick's mom made him call her. And I think that was really good because like I said, their relationship is just something really special. And um, so yeah, we told them um, I told my two best friends, And then I told my sister. So just the people that we had told. And thank God we didn't tell many more people than that. Um, I had told two of our friends um, the weekend before because we were um, with them.
0: It's a really Uh, weird – I don't think people realize. And it sounds like you kind of felt the same way as me. But you almost feel like – like, with your grandma, like, that you're disappointing. Like, what has happened is disappointing other people, and I think that that's really hard.
1: It's hard. It's so – I think you just explained it perfectly. I think that's exactly what I was feeling. I disappointed my parents. Like, I'm not saying this is actually it. This My mindset was – That's where your head goes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Instantly. I just disappointed my parents because ever since Riley, my granddaughter, came into the world, they couldn't wait for us to have one because mm-hmm. you know once your grandparent wants, you want all of the grandbabies and um, you know it's it's
0: a it's, hard pill. It's to one swallow. thing for you to hurt, and it just sounds like our personalities are very similar. But totally. it's like one thing for you to hurt, but it's like <laughs> mm-hmm. a whole nother thing to like hurt other people as well. And that's not your fault. You know what I mean? Like it's like not your fault when you're going through a miscarriage, and it yeah definitely yeah you feel like you failed. Yeah, like you feel mm-hmm. like you failed
1: the people around you. And I remember looking at Nick and just being like, I'm sorry. Like, Mm -hmm. I felt like I I was the one that did this. Like, why couldn't I successfully carry the baby? So that day we decided on the DNC. I was like, I just want this over with. Like, I can't prolong this two months. Like, and, you know, I've also heard not great things about the medication. So I was like, I'm just going to go with the DNC, you know, if the doctor recommended it personally, I'm going to go with a recommendation. So they schedule it for the Thursday after the appointment. So the appointment was on a Monday. So Tuesday and Wednesday were just the longest days of my life. And because you literally can't make this up uh, because this is just the story of our lives. My husband was being tested for sleep apnea. Um, that week we had scheduled the brain home test like months in advance. <laughs> so I laugh because it's like, so that night, I'm crying all day, all day, all night, not eating, just like a mess. Then if you can picture my husband strapping himself to this um, contraption that looks like a Christmas tree and our dog is just like shaking in the corner, like what is going on? Mom's a mess. Dad's lit up and laying down on this machine. And we just (laughs) sat there and laughed because we were like, you can't make this up even if you wanted to. So, you know we just felt like we kept getting hit down that year. We were just like knocking down a peg, knocking down a peg, kn- knocking down a peg. And I was looking forward to Thursday because I was like, that's just the beginning of the end, right? Like I just need this to be done and start healing and whatever. I don't think I've ever cried so much in that 48-hour period between the appointment and the C. And I also, I don't want to say I don't think I ever realized, but – the amount of love that my husband and I have in our world was made so apparent to us that week. And this is when I start getting emotional still, because between our friends and our family and my coworkers, like the amount of people that were rooting for us and are rooting for us still in life is like the most amazing feeling in the entire world. And it's true when people like they pick you up when you can't, get back up and you know I've I've never that week was probably the darkest week of my entire life and um I think we just feel very lucky to have the people that we do um that were just texting us around the clock the amount of flowers that like my friends and our family sent um my mom just like my grandmother texting me to check them like she's taking care of her husband that just had a massive stroke and she's still worried about her granddaughter. Like I just, I can't even begin to describe how lucky I am to have, you know, all the people in our lives and how lucky Nick is. And, um, so that week leading up to it, I think also made me realize, you know, these things can rip people apart. And, um, if it ever made me realize I married the right man, that week was the week that I just knew that I picked a good one. So, um after the Wednesday annoying calls from me like you know the hospital being like we'll give you a 20% off discount for the surgery if you pay today and I was like okay this is not a boob job like this is not something <laughs> that I want to happen yet we're talking about a discount okay got it and like my husband was so mad he was so mad and I was pretty irritated I was like okay I was like whatever so we go on Thursday um I've been under the knife probably four times now um I have scoliosis and I had scoliosis when I was younger so I've had two mass massive surgeries for that so I wasn't so worried about the procedure itself but I turn into a baby when it comes to like the needles and stuff um for like the IV just because when I was younger I had a ton of issues and like my mom still gives me crap about it because I literally turned into a child and I I tell the doctors in advance I'm like I'm not worried about anything that's going to happen today um, as I'm crying because I'm emotional, but I haven't stopped crying for four days at that point. So I'm like, the needle though, is just going to be a problem. And I'm going to let you know that. So (laughs) Nick was, again, you can't make this up. He was like, if you could see the lady trying to get the needle in your hand, like you, and this is Nick who's, he's very like, Gross things don't bother him, like blood and gore and all of that. Like, he's good with it. He was like, if you could have seen the lady trying to get the needle in your hand for the procedure, like, you would have not gone. Like, you would have not been okay. I was like, oh, my gosh. I actually have nerve damage from that. Anyway, we'll get to that. So, you know, you're mentally preparing yourself for this because you're like, yeah, there's no baby left in there. And they're just removing a leftover tissue, whatever. When I say those doctors were the most amazing people I've ever met in my entire life the doctor who did my procedure was the doctor who told me about the miscarriage. And she is one of the most amazing people I've ever met in my entire life. That whole staff that day made it. So they were so sympathetic to what was going on. Um, and I give them huge props for that because they don't need to take the time to make sure they know what's happening um, or take the time to really tell their stories to you and talk to you and make sure you're okay. And they did that. So um, the hospital that we went to, I, I, I can't say enough good things about them. And it made it a lot easier um, that day considering what was happening. So we go home and, you know, there's recovery. And um, that weekend – and they warned you, like, it's going to feel like a bad period. It's going – and there's going to be blood and, you know, but call us if you get a temperature or whatever. I was in the fetal position probably the entire weekend and I had pretty high tolerance for pain, um, just with my medical history. And it was just, it was so painful and it's just a constant reminder of what's going on. Like you're going to the bathroom and you're just seeing red on your, what feels like an adult diaper because you're recovering from the surgery. And it's a, a constant reminder of what's going on. Our neighbors who we're super close with and love very much had texted us that Saturday night and they were like, Hey guys, want to come over for a drink? And I I'm a horrible liar. I'm the worst liar in my entire life. Like, I just can't do it. And we had to lie to them and say, call, wasn't feeling good, you know, whatever, because we hadn't told them what was going on yet. And I'm like, that was the start of me just feeling like I was hiding something from the world. So that whole week I took off of work. I went into work the Monday after the procedure. And I was like, I just need to, you know, get back to normalcy here and mind you like my boss and her boss like everyone was just like you do whatever you need to do like we're here to support you don't worry about anything whatever so that was really when we started healing um and I don't know if I want to call it healing yet because I I don't feel like we're there like Mm -hmm. I cry and and or think about it
0: Every day, every week. Um, I think it's a constant state of healing, honestly. I think yeah, life after miscarriage is life after miscarriage. You know
1: what I mean? Like, And no, just... no one's story is the same. No yeah. one's healing is the same. And, um, you know, last night uh, we were at my parents' house and my mom's best friend was there. And she was filling me in on someone I know that I grew up with. Him and his wife are pregnant. And they are due two days after we were supposed to be due. And on the way home, I just started crying. And Nick was like, I, I knew that that was going to be a trigger um and yeah it's hard I think you go back and forth on anger and sadness and confusion um jealousy you know and then I have I have so many people yeah. people around me that are pregnant right now and for you know I people I love very much and it's how what I say to people is you're happy for them you're more than happy for them but you're sad for yourself yes and I'm not a selfish person. And I think this year I've had to be selfish and making sure I'm taking care of me and my emotions and my husband and making sure we're okay and just doing what is making us happy and focusing on the lights that are there. And, you know, again, this year has been tough. Um, it's, it's put me through pain. I never would have thought that I would have. You always think it's not gonna happen to you, right? Like, oh, I'm not gonna have a miscarriage. I'm healthy, I'm young. Um, I'm 27. My husband's 29, and so you're like, no, it's it's not gonna happen to me. It's all good, whatever. Until it happens, and then you start realizing how many people around you are affected by this. And I think for me, like I said, I've always felt like Nick and I are very real and honest people. Um, and I felt like I was hiding something from the world. And you know, we we came home one day, um, like from a Sunday dinner or something, and I was like, I think today's the day that. I want to put it out there to the public, and we had told our our families. We had started texting them what was going on. Um, our extended families, you know, our aunts, uncles, cousins, uh, whomever, and let them know before. Yeah, before I didn't you throw it, it out there. It was yeah. important to me to make sure people found out that we really cared about before they saw it on social media, especially as something as sensitive as this. And um, I felt like a weight was lifted, and you know, it's it's so hard. It's, I think I get frustrated with myself sometimes because I am not a selfish person where I'm like, you want to just be okay, right? Like you want to just be the happy, positive person that you usually are because I'm a very outgoing person. Um, you know, I love people. I love talking to people. I'm just always a pretty upbeat person. So it's been hard for me to, um, really not feel like myself for the last, uh, few months. And, um, you know, again, I think miscarriage is something, as As you know, I'm sure, is something that rips pe- marriages apart, rips people apart. And I feel lucky because, if anything, it's brought us closer together. And um, I'm very lucky for that. But my whole thing with all this is I just want to help people. And I I felt so alone that whole week dealing with it. And just because, you know, we weren't really ready to talk about it with anyone. Like We were just dealing with it within the two of us. I don't want anyone out there to feel like they're the only one going through something like this. And I can tell you there's a whole hell of a lot more people that are going through it that you don't know about because the amount of messages and just like text messages I've gotten from people that have gone through something similar is crazy. Or even just their infertility journey is that like I had someone text me the other day. um, One of my friends, she said her and her husband have been trying for a few months and still nothing too. And just reading, you know, reading our story helped them feel okay and feel, um, feel more comfortable about it. You just, when you're going through your own journey, you feel like you're the only one in the world going through it. And I think that's why what you're doing is so great because I think it gives people a platform to a share their stories, but B gives people a platform to feel like they're okay and feel like they're not the crazy ones. Um, And feel like, as hard as like these days are and these times are, you have support from people that you don't even know and that you aren't even friends with, but you just come together as a community to really support each other. And, um, I'm the total, total, advocate for people talking about it. And of course everyone deals with things differently, but talking about it is part of my healing process and has made me feel better and Nick feel better. Um, and making it feel more real. That way we can truly move on. Um, to bigger and better things hopefully I mean you get now you get scared now that's happened once you're like can this happen again and I don't think that'll go away unfortunately
0: Mm -hmm. so it's a roller coaster
1: yeah so we'll see we'll see what happens um they did when I did go to my follow-up appointment you know they said there was no uh placenta tissue or anything like that because then that kind of adjusts your recovery period and when you can start trying again and we've had people ask us like do you guys start – are you going to plan on starting to try again? And we're like, absolutely. Like at this point, you know, once you have it, it's taken from you, You, that's all you're going to think about, right? Yeah, you you really realize how much you want it. You really want it. And I – you know, my husband said a quote that is so fixated into my brain. Again, he's not like an emotional person. So he said something once that has just been in my brain and he said, I don't think I realized how excited I was until it was taken from us. And it just has – resonated with me and it's just sat with me. And, um, I know we're meant to be parents. Um, it's just, you know, it's up to whatever greater power there is. It's, you know, it's hard because I've always felt like everything happens for a reason and everyone has their plan, their life plan, but, um, then this happens and it kind of makes you question some things that you've always believed in your life. But at this point, we're just really focused on staying positive and happy, but yet also still being very real about what we're feeling and, our emotions because I think it's important to not, you know, keep it in and talk yeah, about it. So it's
0: healthy to recognize it. Yeah. And so. deal with it and push forward. And yeah.
1: Yeah. I, and I think that's, um, you know, one thing I've just, you know, I've listened to your podcast and I've just heard so many different stories. Everyone's story is so different. And I was actually listening to Lindsay's episode, the newest one, I think how she was saying like, to she was talking to, you know, the universe out there and she was like, I, I, literally grieved for a year and a half. And so don't feel like you're grieving for too long or don't put a time stamp on it. And I think that's important for people to realize is like people can't tell you how to grieve something. You have to grieve it the way that you need to. Um, and you just need to listen to yourself. And I think that's something we're really just focusing on right now is, you know, yeah, there's, there's so much good in our life yet every single day, there's just a the dark cloud that's like over us. Um, it's you know it's hard it's like okay this was going to be the 12th week when we you know told the world this I say the safe period quote unquote right because Mm -hmm. is the 12 week safe anymore I don't think so um but that's up to every you know everyone's own judgment and um you know I think it's hard I think the due date will be hard again but we're going to keep pushing forward and we're going to keep trying and um that's all we can do and just you know truly believe our time's coming and things happen for a reason but um I do know this year, you know, bad things happen to strong people. And as much as it's tested me, it's made me open my eyes out to what I have in my life and who I have in my life. And, again, you got to focus on all those positive things to get through each day. And um, I feel lucky enough to have those people around me. So um, that's, kind of, that's kind of where we're at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I am. Um... I feel like you already threw out so many nuggets of advice, but I always <laughs> ask this at the end of a podcast, if there's like one thing that you would offer for advice for somebody going through a similar situation, what would it be?
1: Um, don't keep it in, talk about it, feel whatever you need to feel. Um, and don't feel like it was your fault or you um, don't feel embarrassed because it's not It's, it's normal. It's, it's so normal. It happens all the time. And and that's why it was so important for me to do this with you on your podcast, because I don't want it to be a taboo topic. And I think it still is. And you know, it's unfortunate we celebrate those positive, viable pregnancies, but why can't we talk about the ones that don't make it? Um, Because I think they're just as important. So yeah, that would be my advice is to have everyone feel what they need to feel and deal with it the way they need to deal with it. And also just know that there's people out there that are silent about their stories and you sharing your story will help them because the amount of people that have reached out to me just on sharing my own story, um, has been amazing to Mm -hmm. see. So, um, yeah, feel what you need to feel, talk about it and don't feel like it's anything you could have done differently. So
0: I feel like there's nothing more healing than finding a positive like purpose behind
1: 100%.
0: 100%. And I said, I said that to Nick, I was like,
1: for me, just talking about it really helps me. Um, yeah. And this, I knew right away when I found your podcast, I was like, I have to do this. I yeah. want to do this. And, you know, there was a couple people that in my life that were kind of like, do, are you sure you want to like put that on social media and whatever? I'm like, yeah, because that's why this topic is still such a taboo topic uh-huh. because no one talks about it. And um, I don't think that's okay. And I think yeah. everyone should. And um, like I said, I'm trying my best to a selfishly help me, but help other people too, to turn such a dark negative thing in life into a positive platform for people to come to when they're going through these similar situations. And, um, it's it, like I said, if I can even help one person and or two people, then my, that's my goal is I just want to help people realize like they're, they're not alone and, it's gonna be okay, and I think I say that out loud, reminding myself as well. Like, oh, it's I, gonna. Be that's okay. like
0: what it is. It's like you just gotta constantly remind yourself. And it's yeah,
1: like, I know. And like, people... it's okay not to be okay, right? And yeah. I'm like, again, as I say that out loud, I'm like, you're okay. like saying it to other people, but really, it's like for yourself, <laughs> yes. totally, totally, exactly, exactly. And um, yeah, just find your support system and know who you need to talk to, you and um just feel everything you need to feel. And, um, mm. yeah, day by day too. Like I, yeah. I truly think it's day by day and, um, there's no amount of time that's going to tell you that you're okay or not. Okay. You just got to mm-hmm. take each day and however long it takes. And, you know, I think it's okay to not ever be a hundred percent. Okay. With it too. You yeah. Know what I mean, like it's, it's a part of your story now. So,
0: yeah. Um, and you learn so much about yourself. Going yes. through this, like if we are looking for a positive, you know what I mean? Like a positive yes. side of it. You do, you learn so much about yourself and the people around you too. You learn and so much. It really does make you a better person. I'm a true believer in that. It just, it, I I completely agree with
1: you. And I think, um, I will also say, I don't know if anyone listens to this, like that might not be going through pregnancy. Just like if they're thinking about having kids or whatever, Don't ever ask anybody about any type of pregnancy ever because you just, you know, you just don't know, um, what people are going through. And I think that's one lesson this has taught me. And, um, it's going to change my, you know, my outlook on certain things, but yeah, Mm -hmm. it's changed us as people. And I think it's made us more appreciative of each other, Nick and I, not that we didn't appreciate each other before. I'm lucky to have a great marriage and a great husband, but, um, it, I, 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 was explaining to my manager one day, I feel like a toddler right now because I need to be with him at all times right now. Like I just, um, I don't want to go too long without being around him and especially those first couple weeks. Um, I remember the first day he went to work, him and I got really upset cause we weren't going to be together for the first time all day. And since this happened, so, um, that's, that's been hard, but it does make you kind of open your eyes up to what, is positive in your life, who is positive in your life and what you really want in life. And at this point we definitely know, um, we want to be parents in the worst way. So we, Mm -hmm. you know, we hope that it happens for us and, you know, we hope it happens for everyone listening to this. That's trying to like, now I'm rooting for all those people. And, um,
0: -hmm. we're all in this
1: together, all in this together for sure. And, um, thank you for like doing all this because I think things like this are so important. And, um, it's what helps people, you know, heal and, again, feel less crazy and, mm-hmm. like, they're less alone going through stuff like this. So,
0: yeah. So, I mean, yeah. This, is my, this is my healing process still. Yeah. Just trucking away here. <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> Having it, you know, this
1: platform. <laughs>
0: ex-
1: and that's, I think that's what's so important, too. It's like, yes, you're going back to normalcy, but I think what people don't understand is it's on your mind all the time. Yeah. Like, you're, you're mm-hmm. thinking about it all the time. And, again, I don't cry every day anymore, which is a small win, and you got to hang on to those small wins. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I think about it every day and I still cry about it and I get angry about it. And like, you know, left and right pregnancy announcements keep coming in, coming in, coming in. So, um, it's hard to see those. And then you just, you know, you got to think about all the positive and hold on to things like this, like this podcast and just remind yourself it's going to be okay. So that's kind of what we're trying to do is just say to each other, it's going to be okay. And we've got each other and we've got everyone around us and everyone's rooting for us and, I think we're all rooting for each other, right? Everyone going mm-hmm. through these journeys.
0: Is like That's why I call us all like, it's called the lamb fam because it's like, it literally yeah. is a family. Yes. Like, you just create this bond of like yes. women who get it. And it literally is, it's like, it becomes a support system. And to me, like support system is a lot of the times family. And so it's like, mm-hmm. that's, that's what this is. It's just a group of girls who get it. And I know that there are going to be listeners who are going to want to reach out to you. Is yeah. Instagram the best way to do that? Yeah, that's I'm
1: always on Instagram. I run the social okay. media for my company too. So I literally am on social media all the time. Okay. Um, so they can find me at Colleen underscore fish and you have that my name too. So you can yes. put that out there for sure. I'm I'm more than willing to talk to anybody about Anything they need, or you know, questions they have, or whatever it might be. So, yeah, I'm happy for people to reach out to me. And, yeah, and girls, like, don't be,
0: don't be scared to reach out to anybody on this podcast either. Because what I think what people don't realize is like when I get messages, it's, it's not a burden on me. It's actually a healing process for me too. So like that connection is, it's a win-win for both sides. It's not, you know, I think sometimes people are like, I'll get a message and I'll be like, so sorry to bother you. I'm like, no, like this is I need this too. So like, (laughs) Hey, reach out. (laughs) You know, I even had a girl, um,
1: reach out to me who I don't know at all. She is friends with my husband on Facebook. They went to high school together or something and she wrote me this long message and she was like, I'm really sorry. You don't know me. So this is kind of weird, but shared her story. And I was like, no worries at all. Like, I'm so happy you messaged me. And um, I just think it's cool. You're right. Like we're creating this own community of people that we met, we might've never met before. And um, Mm -hmm. again, I've always been a true believer. Everything happens for a reason. So I'm really trying to hold on to that in my own journey and trying to share that with other people too, in their journeys. And Um, you know, again, we're all in this together and and especially me, like no one should be afraid to reach out to me, um, at all. I'm happy to talk to anyone. Uh, and husband. she's really
0: easy to talk to you guys.
1: <laughs> I <laughs> feel like
0: this episode was a little therapy session for yeah, me because totally. you, brought, you brought up a whole lot of feelings that like <laughs> I can totally relate to. So I know <laughs> other girls are going to feel
1: the exact same way. Well, and I hope they do. I hope again, that's kind of why I did this. And, you know, my husband's in the other room doing his homework um, be- and he's going to make a comment about like. You literally can talk to anybody. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll go out for a drink or something, and I'll probably end up, like, friends with the bartender or something. He always calls my dad, and I – he's joking. He is, like, joking when he says it. He's always like, you guys are over because we just love talking to people. and um again, that's why I definitely wanted to do something like this. I was like, <laughs> I think it's a perfect
0: platform to share a yes. story. Um, well, thank you. So yeah. Seriously. Thank, no,
1: thank you. I mean, you're the, you're the creator of all this and I think it's so important and I think it's great that you're making this a part of your journey too. So I, I appreciate everything you do for everyone that listens to this and everyone that's going to find you and I think it's super important that we work together and make this a topic that isn't not talked about, you know, it's important. So everything you're doing is amazing. And I hope you know that. Thank
0: you so much. Thank you. All right. Well, we will talk soon. Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) Okay.